A topic for tonight is quantum mechanics and Bhagavad Gita presented by Dr. Sudhir Das Prayaga. Dr. Sudhir, Sudhir Das Prayaga is a scientist who received his PhD in immunology from Louisiana State University. Since then, he has worked for pharmaceutical companies such as Roche and Pfizer before starting his own business. He's the owner of Antibody Research Corporation in St. Louis and Prayaga Scientific Labs in Kochi, Kerala. He's an inventor on 33 patents, many trade secrets, author on many scientific publications, review articles, and book chapters. He has been an invited speaker at many national and international scientific meetings. He has volunteered as General Secretary of KHNA, President of Omkaram in St. Louis, Treasurer of St. Louis Malayali Association, and Secretary of Connecticut Malayali Association. He has volunteered as a science fair judge with Academy of Science St. Louis and lo local school districts. He has given talks on Hinduism and entrepreneurship at Washington University and Logan University in St. Louis. His native place is Chalisheri in Palaka district of Kerala. He currently resides in St. Louis, Missouri with his wife, Anjana. His older son works for Pfizer in Boston and younger son is a student at University of Missouri. Welcome Dr. Sudhir Das and over to you. Ubanishatsu Satya Dharmaya Mai Santu. Welcome to all attending today's meeting. Thank you for that introduction, Arjun. So today we are going to take a short tour on the nature of reality from the perspective of religion, specifically Hinduism and science based on our current understanding of science. We humans have evolved with a biological consciousness, with curiosity to know about our nature, where do we come from? Where do we go after our death? What is the purpose of this life, etc. Quantum physics is a new field of science developed during the last 120 years, which also tries to understand the nature of reality. Bhagavad Gita is a work of complete knowledge and is thousands of years old. Every time you read that, you learn something new. And that is the reason you see there is a lot of interpretation on Gita written by a lot of people based on their understanding from their knowledge of reality or their knowledge of uh, from social understanding. As a scientist, my interest is looking at from a scientific view. How does Hinduism stand up to science? Uh, is it is it compatible with our current scientific understanding? So that's what we are going to review today. 
I took an interest in learning Bhagavad Gita only last 15, 20 years. And I was surprised to see that the depth of scientific information provided in Gita is tremendous and just unbelievable. In fact, in today's talk, I'm going to show that it stands up to quantum mechanics, which is only 120 years old. So today's, I will be covering three topics. So uh, I'm going to start my PowerPoint slide here by sharing my screen. Just uh, give me a minute, second, uh, uh, let me open this. Can you all see my screen? Yes, we can. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Arjun. Yes. So uh, today I'm going to cover three topics, which are science, philosophy, and re religion, Maya and the new physics, and seven principles of quantum mechanics from Bhagavad Gita. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, my interest as a scientist is basically to know uh, about various aspects of our life, how it, uh, uh, it stands up to science uh, from what we learn in religion. So uh, I, today, specifically, I'm talking about uh, Hinduism. Uh, so as I mentioned, I tried... Uh, looking at other religions and uh, I had so more questions and answers. And that's where I started learning more about Gita and found a lot of answers there. So one of the first uh, topic today we are going to discuss is about science, philosophy, and religion. So uh, religion, the definition of religion from the Western standard is different than what we say in Hinduism as Sanadana Dharma. So it is not really a religion, it is a dharma. Uh, again, there is no absolute translation for dharma in English, but one of the meaning is uh, understanding from a personal perspective rather than uh, a blind faith. So unlike other religi religions or the Western religions, which gives you a set of codes and you need to blindly follow that. Hinduism lets the individual decide that. It is uh, more personal. Each person can have a different understanding and you need to come to your own understanding about your religion and what you believe. So uh, in this slide here, I'm quoting a slogan from Gita. Uh, chapter 1861. According to Gita, it says, Ishura Sarva Bhudana Pradesh Arjuna Tishtadi Brahmayan Sarva Bhudani Yantra Rudhana Mayaya. So basically, it is saying that uh, our body is a machine and, and the God is the driver who is 
sitting near our heart or in our heart. So uh, the concept of the God and, and the physical matter, how it in, interact is uh, stated in this uh, sloga. So again, uh, it's saying that Ishwaran is controlling us, uh, is like a driver and uh, your body, uh, once you are dead and the uh, consciousness within the body is lost, um, it, it, uh, you are gone. Uh, so now, now I'm going to the next slide. It is also report, uh, confirming the same concept that the consciousness within you is what gives you the life energy. So this is a, another slogan from Gita 13 and 24. It says, just like the sun giving light to the whole universe, and that shows that uh, uh, the presence of sun or the energy, that's why we can see all the vegetations, everything growing on earth. Similarly, you have your consciousness in you, which is driving you, and which is a proof of the presence of soul. So once you die, the consciousness, once it leaves your body, then there is nothing to shine. So you need that consciousness, which is within you, which is driving you. Uh, so this is something what is distinct about Hinduism, which I have not specifically come across as an example in other religion. So now I'm going to go to the next topic, which is about Maya and the new physics. So Maya is a topic, everybody talk about it, but I feel most people don't really understand what Maya is. There's a lot of examples uh, given, uh, which I am not going to go over, uh, but uh, here I am going to try to, I'm giving, or trying to explain Maya scientifically. Uh, so before that, let's look at what Hinduism says about Maya. So probably most of you have heard the very famous statement by Adi Shankara, Shankaracharya, Brahma Satyam Jagat Mithya, which means this universe is an illusion. It's not real. Only Brahman is the truth. Now, there are a lot of examples uh, trying to justify how that is. Um, but in scientifically, how do you interpret that? So that's what I'm going to do the next couple of slides. Um, on the right here, based on the current scientific understanding by quantum mechanics, the scientists have come across the idea that deep down in inside everything we see around us, we find a universe completely unlike our own. 
this is when you go deep down into the into the subatomic particle level same way uh, everything we call real is made up of things that cannot be themselves regarded as real so even quantum mechanics now come to the coming to the understanding that what we see currently as real is not real so i will give you more description later on today so the maya and new physics this is a description of of the reality based on hinduism uh so we have three levels here the top level it says akshara brahman akshara brahman is the super supreme consciousness or the adhyatma and from that adhyatma is derived the purusha and the prakriti it is also variously called shiva and shakti or advaitam and adibhutam etc and and we humans or the sentient beings we have the quantum consciousness which is derived from the purusha and prakriti and maya which comes between here stop us from understanding the real prakriti or supreme consciousness and i will explain what this maya is based on this current scientific understanding now the i i've just quickly i don't go through the details of the sloga but quickly i can tell you one of the first sloga from isha upanishads which says that when you take infinity out of infinity what remains is infinity so uh, akshara brahmam is infinity it has no beginning no end it is unlimited whatever you take out of it is still remains there so from that what rest of the universe is formed again rest of the slogas i am not going to go over it is just for reference if anybody want to review that later uh, so according to gita the three gunas which constitute for the maya is the reason for relative reality so the reality there is absolute reality and and a relative reality so what we are living is a re relative reality or the jagat as sangrajare put it jagat is a mithya absolute reality is the akshara brahman and the three gunas swatvika rajasa and tamasa according to hindu scriptures hides this reality so going back to the physics the scientific aspect of this the highest level or actually the smallest subat at subatomic particle we uh, the universe is filled with subatomic particles that is the absolute reality and there are so many different types of particle but the what we call now the scientists call it as god particles is the higgs bosons from these these particles makes up 
protons, electrons, and neutrons, and provide quality, quality to the, the our relative universe. So the universe is a relative because it is relative because it is originated from these subparticles made up of protons, electrons, or neutrons. And they provide the quality what we see in the universe. Quality means, you know, the universe is made up of a lot of things, a lot of uh, elements and things like that. These qualities arise based on the combination of electrons, how many electrons you have, neutrons, protons, that makes up the universe, which forms the atoms and molecules, and finally the physical universe. So this is the structure of universe according to current physics. So now the physics says that there are again three qualities, protons, neutrons, and electrons, which creates the observable universe. So this is similar to Bhagavad Gita, which says there are three qualities which makes up the universe. And there is the relative universe and the absolute universe, which makes up the subatomic level. So let's conclude here. So we have an absolute reality and a relative reality. And the, according to Hinduism, the Maya connects between these two based on those qualities I mentioned. And by current scientific understanding, electrons, protons, and neutrons connect between these two realities. So Hinduism says the universe is an illusion or it, by physics, it is a relative reality. So the current physicist, theoretical physicist says that ultimate reality at subatomic level is neither particle nor wave. It is not here or it is not there. And observable universe is made up of qualities of these protons, electrons, and neutrons and their combination makes up the universe. Okay, now let's go to the next topic. So I'm going to uh, talk about seven major principles of quantum mechanics. Uh, and I will take one at a time and uh, we can go over this. So before getting into that, let me give a brief introduction about quantum mechanics. So mechanics is the study of motion. Quantum mechanics is a branch of physics that deals with interaction of subatomic particles. Quantum is the smallest quantity of particles which is involved in an interaction. And quantum mechanics tries to explain the nature of reality by mathematical description of these subatomic particle and their interactions. Now, a little bit about the history of quantum mechanics. So it's all started with a light bulb and about 120 years. So light bulb, probably you all know it, 
uh, invented by Thomas Alva Edison in 19th century. So the light bulb, what happens is when you pass or when you heat, pass electricity or when you heat the element, it gives out light. And the color of light changes with the intensity of heating. And this was a cost at the beginning of the 20th century. And initially by Max Planck and later on by others, they tried to work out what is happening here. And that is the beginning of quantum mechanics. Initially, people were thinking that everything was particles. And then again, it's a long story, which I'm trying to shorten it here. Then people thought it is a wave. Now, probably they don't know what is, whether it is a really wave or a particles, it's a combination of those. Albert Einstein got Nobel Prize for explaining this. He coined the term quantum for a tiny lump of energy. Again, I, I probably skip the, most of this, uh, uh, but quickly I just point out a couple of major people who were behind this. One is Albert Einstein and Niels Bohr. Okay, so now we'll come to the uh, seven topics of quantum mechanics. So the first topic is kinetic nature of subatomic particles. So according to physics, all these subatomic particles, they are in constant motion. Nothing is staying, staying put. So, Gita, so my interest was finding out how it stands up to our Hinduism and Gita. So this is a quote from Gita, chapter 3, 5. It says nothing in nature remains still due to the inherent natural qualities. Vedas teaches that everything in the universe is in constant motion except the Brahman or the Akshara. Here is another example from again from Gita 3 and 15. Karma Brahmaul Bhavam Vidhi Brahmakshara Samudbhavam Tasmas Sarvagadam Brahma Nityam Yaknya Pradishtadam. It says that it karma originated from Brahma. And because of that, the whole universe is on constant yajna means action. So now we'll go to the next topic, which is the particle nature of universe. So as I mentioned earlier, initially physicists thought that universe, everything was particles. And later on they thought it was waves, now it is particle or waves. But you can see both aspects by physics, depending on how, how one looks at it. Now, in, from Gita, 
chapter 7.7, it says, Matta Paradaram Nyanid, Kinjidasti Dhananjaya, Mai Sarvamidam Pradev, Sutre Manigana Eva. Says that everything in the universe is strung or like a beads on a thread. So it's like a chain with the beads on a chain. So this is what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7.7. .7. Now the current science, quantum mechanics says that the God particles, Higgs bosons, they are also arranged as a particles like in a, a beads on a chain. This is the back end of the universe. If you look, if you if you can use the current terminology used in computers, the whole back end of universe is made up of quantum particles, which are Higgs Higgs bosons, which are strewn across, similar to what is mentioned in Gita, like a bead on a string. Next topic is the wave nature of reality. So again, physics says that it, it, it's particles or it is waves. Uh, so in our Hindu literature and Gita also says same thing. There is, a, at times it is waves, at times it is particles. So this uh, slogan from chapter 15, 12, it says that, uh, the lights coming from the sun is spreading all over the universe like waves. This wave reality was first uh, identified by Louis de Broglie in 1924, it was first proposed for quantum physics. And he thought that uh, particles also behaves like waves. So in Gita also says the light or the Teja, as per this slogan, emerging from the sun envelops all of earth. And it is the nature of the Brahman. So next principle of quantum mechanics is something cannot be created out of nothing. So, Typically in most of the Western religion, you can hear that God just created things out of nothing. And also there is a lot of magicians, you know, or, you know, uh, people showing magic and say, uh, they can do this magic with the help of God and things like that. But according to Hinduism, we don't have any magic. Everything is kind of reality. Uh, so this article, uh, sorry, not art, this uh, slogan from Gita 2 and 16. Nasado vidyade bhava, na bhava vidyade sadaha. Ubayo rabi drishtando andasto tanayor tattu darshibihi. It says that nothing can be created out of something or something cannot be destroyed into nothingness. 
again the famous equation by Albert Einstein, E is equal to mc square. It says that energy can, can be created from matter and vice versa. It can change from one form to another. But you cannot annihilate matter or energy into nothingness. So in fact, all universe, the total amount of energy plus matter is constant according to science. Although Hinduism says it is unlimited. There is no beginning or end, of, but physics probably don't agree with that part. So this, this sloga explains that also in, so Hinduism, this sloga also agree with that statement by current physical understanding. Again, here is another example from Isobhanishad. Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vishishyade. So it says that you take infinity out of infinity, what remains is infinity. So here Purnam means infinity. So if you take Purnam out of Purnam, what remains is Purnam, which is infinity. So basically we have this God equation created thousands of years back in our literature. And there are also examples currently which goes into infinity, the number pi, pi, root of seven and one third. If you do that, that that's an infinite number. So the next principle is the uncertainty principle. So this principle was originally proposed by Heisenberg. So according to that principle, it is impossible to measure something, but the velocity, positive, you know, we don't want to go into the technicality, but basically it says that it is difficult to nail down something in physics to into complete knowledge. So same way, this sloga from Gita 13 and 6, 13.16 says that the Brahman, it is outside. At the same time, it is also inside of everything. It is moving, but it's also not moving. It is far. It is also near. Now this concept is very well famous, made famous by Beatles song, George Harrison in Within You and Without You. And they followed Hinduism, I believe. So uh, this also give support that according to Hinduism and current scientific understanding are similar. So another example of this uncertainty principle. This slogan is 13.13. Again, it says the Supreme Brahman is neither Sat or Asat. Uh, sat means true or Asat means uh, 
or you can consider it as absolute or relative. So this is a third example for the uncertainty principle. And this logo is uh, nine and 19. And it says that um, I, I give heat, the uh, Brahman give the heat. I send as well as uh, it uh, makes rains as well as withhold rain. Uh, uh, I am the immortality as well as the death. death. I, I am also both the Sat and Asat. So again here, uh, uh, Krishna says that it can be both ways. Uh, and it is a similar to what current understanding of physics uh, of uncertainty. Is it a wave? It is a particle. So now I'll go to the next topic, uh, next principle, which is the exclusion principle. So this principle was originally proposed by Wolfgang Pauli. 1925. So again, this principle also says that two, two particles originated from together uh, some place or originated from the same place cannot have the same position and velocity, or basically you can consider it as a quality. So two particles cannot have same qualities. So in our um, slogan 12.3, Gita says that Akshara Brahma cannot be defined. Its location is unclear and it is everywhere. And finally, I'm coming to the uh, last principle of this quantum mechanics is the quantum entanglement. So for this principle was uh, made or proved through recently, you know, actual uh, um, studies were done a couple of decades ago, but this scientist Alan Aspect, John Clauser and Anton Seliger received Nobel Prize last year for their verification of this principle, which is called quantum entanglement. Uh, initially, when it was originally proposed, Albert Einstein was against such a proposal. He even mentioned very famously said that God doesn't play dice. So what this principle says that is, Two particles sitting far apart, it could be across the universe, but they interact identically, they behave similarly. So with how do they communicate? So that's we don't know. So physics has no answer for that, but they show that it happens, it is a fact. So that's why they got this Nobel Prize for that. So Gita says that the supreme consciousness in the form of subatomic particles or the photons. So in this uh, slogan, slogan 
can control or interact across the multiverse of dark matter. So again, this sloga, Kavim Puranam Anishasitara Aniyoraniya Manusmaretya Sarvasya Dadara Majindya Ruba Aditya Varnam Tamasa Parastad. So again, it says that across the universe, across uh, the dark matter or it, uh, the they can interact and communicate. So that's what it says. So again, this also confirms that what our current understanding of science, quantum mechanics probably is in sync with uh, Hindu, the principles in Hinduism, including what are stated in Gita. So uh, I think I covered most of my topic here. Thank you for uh, attending. I can take any questions you have now. You can drop the questions to doctor in the chat. Um, Doctor, while we wait for uh, some questions, do you have any recommendations on any books that connect with uh, quantum mechanics and Bhagavad Gita that anyone who's interested can read? I don't think there is any specific book mm -hmm. on this topic as far as I know, because uh, these are some of the new signs coming out uh, about the quantum mechanics part. There's a lot of things written about Bhagavad Gita, but the connecting these to, there are uh, maybe some blocks or something, but I don't know if there is any specific books. Uh, I mean, there are books uh, in general, not specifically about quantum mechanics. There is, um, there are several books about uh, science, physics, and uh, religion, Hinduism. For example, the Dancing Woolly Masters. I'm just quickly trying to think about uh, some of those books. Uh, more, uh, what is the other book is? Uh, the Tower of Physics, Dancing Woolly Masters. Then, um, but again, I don't think they cover this quantum mechanics specifically. I think. Uh, Interesting. Um, so uh, I have the first question here, um, and the question is: Just curious to know how and why the thought of connecting Bhagavad Gita to quantum physics come into picture? 
yeah okay very good question yes absolutely yeah. so as a scientist my interest is how science stand up or the religion stand up to science see generally the thinking is that religion is incompatible with science but uh, for me if i want to believe something i need to feel that whatever i have been trained or taught or learned should stick should stand to logic if it is not logic or to the common sense then uh, we don't want to follow that okay so what i am looking for is what is the logic in saying something in our scriptures is it scientifically valid uh so that is the reason i was going through uh, actually for bhagavad gita it's more more recent i for me the first book i re- probably read is the bible and i got more questions than answers and i brought up these questions to many of the people uh, in in their community but i could not get a real answer uh so so for a belief you know blind belief is uh, difficult for uh, me and probably for many people uh, and so that that's what i was saying in the right in the beginning you know many of the western religion it is a blind blind faith blind belief so th- there is a set of rules you need to follow uh, so is that does that stand to your logic that is a question so that is the reason why i was looking through hinduism is this stand up to the logic so i feel that most of this uh, question can be addressed in hinduism so that's why i also think it is a more a dharma than a religion in the western sense i hope i answered that question yes and uh, i think the next question can be a part of this question so are there any areas which bhagavad gita covered and not covered by science uh yeah uh, that's a tough question because i have not reviewed all the aspect of science if there is any particular area of science uh, we can look into that but as a enquiry into you know philosophical thinking see as i was saying we are all have some biological consciousness we uh, we want to know where did we come from where did we go after our death so these are the typical question we try to address and so those are the re- questions i try to bring up and see if it is answered in in gita or in our religion so that's why i try to address but there may be other areas of science i am my job is not to look into every scientific thing and trying to justify that so i i have a very specific goal for fi- uh, which i was trying to answer here which is more it could be a philosophical uh, also and i think science is also evolving so new discoveries will be 
made as we go, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Science is really evolving. As I mentioned, quantum mechanics is only about uh, less than 120 years. So before that, there was Newtonian physics. So until then, people believed that uh, uh, those um, laws of motions were controlling everything in the universe. And there is the, we have no clue about the subatomic level particles, and et cetera. And even before that, about 400 years before, if you look, even before Newton, Western people thought that uh, flat, uh, the world is flat. Um, and, you know, there is all the history, which, you know, I don't want to go into, but, you know, there are people who have been killed for saying that world is like uh, Galileo and Copernicus, etc. So science is absolutely evolving. So what is interesting is in our Bhagavad Gita and our scriptures, a lot of information provided is still stand up to uh, uh, stand up to the current understanding of science. So that is the most big in information for me that uh, it can stand up to evolving science. So uh, the next question is uh, the concept of Maya and the distinction between absolute reality and relative reality is expounded in a very detailed manner by Adi Shankaracharya as part of Advaita Vedanta and relating this to quantum mechanics is easy. How does Dvaita and Vishishta Advaita school theory compare with quantum mechanics? Oh, very good question. Yes. So it finally, it all depends on the interpretation of your re reality. So Dvaita is uh, that uh, means the God is separate from the universe. Uh, so, as per my understanding, I feel uh, this also justifies the Advaita philosophy, which is, this is all together. But I, as I shown in one of my earlier slide, the supreme consciousness and quantum consciousness. So, what all of us have is quantum consciousness, which is a small part of the supreme consciousness. But if you want to consider it as Dvaita, that the supreme consciousness is separate from our individual consciousness. Yes, you can take it that way. And, and the Vishishta Dvaita. Okay, so that we can also interpret that based on you know uh, your own thinking or your own reality. So, so Hinduism allows each person to make your own decision. It is not a set rule that you need to follow this. So that is the uh, greatness of Hinduism. So you make your own reality. So you need to have that understanding. You need to have that feeling as well as you need to have that knowledge that, okay, this is what I feel or I think is right. So that's how you make that decision. So it can be any one of those. Uh, 
But based on this information, what we have for current quantum mechanics, as well as Bhagavad Gita, we can interpret it in all three ways. It's only a way of interpretation by individual, I think. I hope I answered that. Uh, we can uh, take one more question and this is more of a question out of curiosity I believe um, so physics can be understood with mathematics can Bhagavad Gita be understood with mathematics uh, yes and no uh, it depends on what level you want to go into but by the way Bhagavad Gita as well as Hindu literature there are a lot of mathematics there so I also showed in today's talk about the God equation, uh, which is a mathematics. You take infinity out of infinity, what remains is infinity. So that is, a, uh, is considered as a God equation, uh, which explains the uh, supreme consciousness versus the quantum consciousness or the, you know, what, the Prakriti and Purusha, how it is derived from that. So that can be explained by this mathematical equation. But all the mathematical equations like in the quantum physics, uh, I'm not sure. It depends on what you are trying to address and it need to be taken each of those questions uh, individually, I think. Uh, I think uh, that's it for the questions, Doctor. So uh, I'll, we can end with uh, Shanti Mantra. Uh, thank you again for a very insightful and interesting session. I think there's a lot for us to take in from this presentation. So thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank to all of you who attended today. Thank you very much. Om Sarve Bhavanti Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Badrani Pashyantu Makaschidukha Bhagavad Om Shanti 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 Hariyom Sri Guru Pyum Namaha Thank you.